Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You are listening to the Intentionally Inspirational Podcast. This podcast is created for hungry entrepreneurs who are seeking motivation, personal development resources, and actionable tips. Now for your host, Jason Wright. What's happening, Inspire Nation? This is episode number 76, Lean Mean Startup Machine with Oliver Durer. This is going to be the second week in a row that we have a guest from Switzerland. How cool is that? That is a place I have not been, but I would like to visit some point in my life. Anyway, a um, couple things I want to talk to you guys about before the, we get into it today. First thing, I was on LinkedIn earlier today, and I don't know if this guy's in my network or not, but I saw a post from somebody, high-level executive, basically said something to the effect of, I've applied for 400 jobs on LinkedIn, nobody will hire me. I've reached out to people, nothing's come from it, so I'm just going to go ahead and give up. LinkedIn's dead to me, I'm moving on. It's like, you know what? What, what, what do people expect to happen? So it doesn't matter what it is. When you, when you announce the world you're giving up, do you think that at that point when you give up, all of a sudden something's going to change for you? I mean, seriously, think about that. If you've gone that far, if you've filled out 400 resumes and done, I mean, why would you give up then? Usually if you give up on something, you, you cut it loose earlier. If you've gone that far, I mean, keep going for crying out loud. But stuff like that drives me nuts because, you know, People want something to change, and they're willing to put in some effort, and then they just they give up and think the change is going to happen after they give up. Well, as soon as you give up, change can't happen. I mean, it, nothing's going to happen for you. So uh, failure is part of the process. I guess that guy doesn't know that, but oh well. That's that's his deal, not mine. Um, so interesting stuff in, in my business that's going on right now. You know, we talk about this, and you hear the guests talk about this all the time, but, you know, Obviously, you have to have some kind of a demand for your products and your services, and it's a process. You know, you have ideas, you get out there in the marketplace, and what you really have to pay attention to is you have to keep your perspective wide. You have to pay attention to the bigger opportunity that may be a little bit off course for where you want it to go, and I'm emphasizing that heavily because I'm experiencing some of that right now with my own business, and it's interesting because I'm doing some things here recently that I would have never thought about a month ago, but I think there may be a massive opportunity. And it makes sense. It ties into the intentionally inspirational brand very well. It ties into startups, but it's something I never thought about. So my purpose in bringing that up is, guys, I'm happy that you've got a passion and a plan, and that's beautiful, but for the love of God, keep your eyes open for the bigger opportunity that may be slightly off of the course you've charted. I'm telling you, some people call it pivoting. Some people call it just paying attention. But I'm telling you what, if you're not happy with your sales, you're not happy with the direction things are going in your business, look around a little bit. You might There may be something right there that you've overlooked or that you've never noticed. All right, enough about that. So we are going to get into the conversation today that I had between, obviously, myself and Oliver. And it is uh, it's good stuff. So let us uh, let's dive in and see what it's all about. 
What's happening, everybody? I've got another phenomenal guest with me this week. I've got Oliver Durr with me, and I'm going to tell you a bit about him. So Oliver is a corporate entrepreneur, helps companies uh, become more entrepreneurial. He's an innovation business mentor and coach. He's a lean startup enthusiast as well. Oliver, welcome to the show, man. Thank you, Jason. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem at all. So tell us a little bit how you got started, not only with the corporate lean startups, but with your own business ventures as well. All right. So basically, I have three legs of activity or, or passions, as I call them, because it's not work to me. It's really what I'm passionate about. So mainly, I'm employed with Migro, and Migro, next to being Switzerland's biggest retailer, is also Switzerland's biggest further education institution, Migro Club School. And within Migro Club School, I'm uh, employed 80% uh, building in a lean corporate startup setting, uh, everything related to online blended learning. So we're kind of the digital extension of their portfolio in learning offerings. And then the second leg is the more entrepreneurial venture where I'm basically collaborating with the Academy for Corporate uh, Entrepreneurship, where we try and help big corporations, big businesses um, to become more innovative, more entrepreneurial, to be more acting like startups. And then last but not least, uh, I'm, I'm really passionate about uh, the startup community and I want to give back. So I'm also acting as a, as a startup coach, so to speak. Very nice. Very nice. So let me ask you, what is it that the big companies like about entrepreneurship? What is it that companies are saying, hey, we want to make some adjustments here and, and kind of emulate a startup? I'm curious. <laughs> well, basically, it's uh, on the one hand side, of course, competition. So they need to be innovative. They need to be entrepreneurial, so to speak, uh, not to get run over and get, uh, it's a bit overused, maybe the term, but not to get disrupted by, by startup competitors. So what they're basically trying to do is, of course, um, getting uh, leaner and getting more into the entrepreneurial mindset as well and have entrepreneurs uh, being or acting like entrepreneurs within the corporate boundaries because they know that this is basically helping them, motivating employees and also uh, letting innovation flow freer or free, more free basically than um, having all these corporate red tape, uh, you know, restrictions. So I would say this is the main the main drivers it's uh, on, a, on a personal level for employees it's engagement it's motivation and it's about letting innovation succeed it's a, it's a really it's a cultural mindset uh, shift that it actually requires and a lot of companies seem to have caught on to that and want to uh, go down that road I think that's smart because uh, you know a guy like me the space that I'm competing in, I can change directions and do whatever I want so I can pivot mm -hmm. and move very quickly. And like you say, with a traditional corporate setting and all the, the rules and the policies, you know, it's a very, very slow to make change. So I get that. That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. uh, when we think about you, what, what is it that you personally love about entrepreneurship? What, what's got you kind of going in that direction a little bit yourself as well? 
Well, maybe it's it's genetics already. I, I come from an entrepreneurial family. Actually, my father is a founder as well, and uh, I was I had the opportunity to be uh, actually accompanying this venture on uh, on the board, and so that was uh, very complementary to my uh, corporate background because I I was actually working for ten years uh, with Nestle, but even there had the opportunity to actually act as an entrepreneur to you know start businesses almost from scratch, move fast, break things as they say. We try not to break too much, but you know this whole mindset basically to me, and that's why also uh, I'm really passionate and enthusiastic about lean startup. This whole method is almost like um, a kind of a life philosophy for me. So it's really entrepreneurship to me is finding solutions to big problems and failing forward, failing fast. Also, this might be a little overused, but it's really what it's all about for me and creating shared value. So really building things that have an impact that, you know, make our lives a little bit better. That That's always the goal, the end goal. Absolutely. When you talk about failing forward and fast, it's actually having that conversation with somebody yesterday. I love the failing fast thing. Uh, you know, everybody's got their strengths and their weaknesses. And mm. one of my strengths is if I get an idea from the time I come up with it to implementation, it's a very short time period. I, I dive in pretty hard. But the mm. beauty of that is if, if something doesn't work at all, and I fail. You know, I accept failure as an outcome, no big deal. I just tweak it a mm. little bit and keep trying until you get that traction. But that's a exactly. great that's a great lesson. I mean, that's a really powerful mm. thing. Far too many entrepreneurs get hung up, especially in the startup phase, they're so worried about mm. failing. Mm. They get hung up in overanalyzing. And as you know, that's just uh it burns time and capital, you know? Exactly. Analysis by, or paralysis by analysis. And I can totally relate to that experience and to that feeling that you were just describing. I mean, I was a victim of that myself. And in the end, you realize you, you never really fail. You learn. That sounds cheesy, but it's it's so true. Absolutely. You know, I like to think of it this way. You know, sometimes, especially in that startup phase, um, people have this thought that I'm either going to win big or lose big. And I think the mm. the reality of it is you're either going to stay the same or you're going to win. So you're not, this idea of regressing and losing everything mm -hmm. is kind of something that, it, I mean, it's possible, but it, it exists much more so in our mindset than in, than in reality. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So Absolutely agree. Yeah. Well, let's d discuss some of the outcomes of building a business with passion and purpose versus just simply chasing money. I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, it was very interesting. Maybe a story that comes to mind, it dates back from my university times. I was having this conversation with uh, one of my flatmates at the time, and he was studying sports because he was a really gifted sportsman and uh, he was really passionate about it. But at one point he had this doubt and he was like, oh, maybe I should switch over and do economics. You know, I should study business because that is what I was doing at the time. So he, he asked me, what do you think about this? I was like, yeah, but why? Well, I think I can, you know, I have better perspectives then to actually get a good paying job and, uh, you know, be well off. And so that's why I want to change directions. And I said, yeah, but are you passionate about it? Do you feel that it is in some way related to what you want to achieve, what you want to do with your life and, and why you why? And it wasn't at all. And uh, and that to me is really kind of this, it's, it's illustrative for if you do something just for the money, your heart will not be in it. 
there's nothing i mean and as you said there will be hard times there will be challenges there will be failures there will be say learning opportunities and if you're not with full passion and with a sense of purpose behind it you will not actually see it through so i think it's really key it's it's again a mindset thing that uh, to me has always been a key thing that that keeps me going Absolutely. Well, you know, it's funny, that reminds me of a story kind of going back to college, and then there's a second piece afterwards. But I was in, let's see, when I was first in college for my undergrad, I was a computer technology major. And I like computers somewhat, but somewhat, but it was more about, I want to be a programmer because there's good money in it. Mm -hmm. So I go through computer technology for a few years, and I finally get to the, the year where it's, there's a couple of programming classes at once. Like two, mm. two weeks into programming, I was like, oh, my God, I hate this. Like, <laughs> I want to rip out my eyes and replace them with green olives. Like, this is not what I want to do. So I quickly dropped all the classes, and I was like, I got to do something else. I ended up mm. going into organizational leadership and supervision because it was an opportunity for me to connect with people. And right. I knew that I could do, like, HR, sales, mm. and both fields mm. I've been in. But um, fast forward a few years to October of 2015, I was a full-time HR manager for a company, uh, cashed out a bit of my 401k and went from that to jumping into entrepreneurship full-time, chasing a mm. money opportunity, um, mm. burned through my savings much quicker than I had planned, um, basically failed horribly, almost lost my home, my cars, everything I have. I almost lost everything. Mm. Basically mm -hmm. had to beg family for help. I mean, just beg them. But out of that failure emerges this animal you're talking to now because I've learned mm -hmm. some really valuable lessons. Mm -hmm. And it's got it. Like I tell people now, I talked to a guy this week and I said, if you want to do something, please remember this if you remember nothing else when you're getting started. I said, find where your strengths and your passion intersect. That crossroads Mm -hmm. That intersection is very, very important because times will get tough and it will mm -hmm. get hard. And if you're not real passionate, you're going to fail because you're going to give up. And, uh, you know, I've done that twice now and hopefully that's out of my system. But uh, sorry to run off on that tangent. It just made me think of all that. <laughs> no, no, I can absolutely relate to it. And I find it funny, the, the, the people bit you mentioned. You know, it's about connecting with people. And it's about serving people. And it's about finding solutions to people's problems. I mean, Peter Diamandis said, if you want to become a millionaire, find the problem that, or a billionaire, find the problem that a billion people have and solve this one. So go, go big, you know, go, go crazy. Have this big, hairy, audacious goal, but then take small steps. And it actually all starts with starting, just taking your first step. Absolutely. And that can be overwhelming. That can be too much, wanting to chew off too much than you can actually bite off at the very first step. Mm -hmm. So just, you know, set big goals and then take it step by step. I love that. So you're saying just, just do. I mean, you're talking at the beginning of the show about overanalysis paralysis kind of being mm -hmm. a something you've struggled with in the past. And yeah, absolutely. It, it seems like the idea of something new is oftentimes much worse than the actual process of doing it. You know, mm -hmm. our, our minds have this way to amplify things and kind of exaggerate things. And yeah. for anybody listening, if you have an idea, for God's sake, just, just try it, see what happens. You may really surprise yourself and, and you know, so, but you'll never know if you don't try. Absolutely. And we're so, you know, humans are linear. We, we cannot really think in exponential terms. So we tend to uh, basically 
underestimate what we can do in five years, whereas we overestimate what we can do in one year. So, I mean, amazing things can happen as this, this kind of, you know, cumulative uh, effect takes, uh, takes place. And this is really something as, as, as long as you start and you just, you know, stay at it and you keep your passion and you keep the sense of purpose, amazing things will happen. Absolutely. When you're, when you're thinking uh, in the mindset of kind of being the, the business mentor and coach, what are some of the what are the some of the most common struggles that you see, uh, especially startups having? Mm. I think we've already touched on on some of the main ones that I see. One is really overwhelm. This feeling of wow, I have this you know this great idea. I want to make it work, but then how can I possibly pull this off? And it's so huge. And you know, I maybe even want to start it as a side hustle, but how can I pull that off? That that's really I would say in general overwhelm. This feeling of it's just too much. And then even even more important, if it's not aligned with your your passions and with your your savvy, your knowledge or your your competencies, your strengths, I fully agree with you on that, then you might have a hard time actually pulling through. But again, the art of the start. And the second thing I would say is is actually analysis uh, paralysis, because uh, especially people like me, I'm a recovering perfectionist, I would say, we tend to, you know, we, we work more on the plan than actually on implementing the plan. And it's so key implementation. I mean, just get out and do it. And that's what I love about, by the way, lean startup. And that's that's one of the things I I uh, have great experience with now, uh, positive experiences with also startups, just get out of the building, meaning talk to people, find someone who actually has this problem. It's this famous discovery phase. So what is the potential customer? Does he really have this problem? And only then do I potentially even have the solution that actually solves this problem? And really to 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 get this sorted, uh, it gives you this famous, as we call it, the, the problem solution fit. And before you have that, there's no point in even building a product. And uh, Ash Maria, another lean startup guru I'm really uh, admiring, he says, be in love with the problem, not with your solution. So I would say these these two things, so overwhelm, analysis, paralysis, and then also just um, there's no better way than to start by having your first customer. So get out of the building, talk to people, find out what their real problem is, and and make sure that your potential solution actually solves this problem in a competitive and sustainable way. Oliver, that last piece about that market research, I hope people are listening are really paying attention to that because I've wasted personally a lot of time and money over the years thinking I had this great idea and then realizing that nobody cares. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's so important to do. And like you say, yeah. it's it's not hard. I mean, if you're trying to figure out if there's a demand, I mean, some ideas I'm just throwing out there, you can use survey monkey you can just literally Absolutely. talk to people exactly. you can try to give the services away for free in exchange for a testimonial mm-hmm. and if nobody will mm-hmm. do that then nobody cares but mm-hmm. you really and one of the other things that goes with that we haven't really talked about but where my mind's going is you really have to know who you're targeting as well you know Absolutely. what does that ideal customer look like and not mm-hmm. just like you know the, the persons between 16 and 70 i mean that most customers Absolutely. are but with some mm. real clarity, you should almost be able to draw a picture of them and tell me about their life a little bit, and it gives you at least Absolutely. a starting point. So mm-hmm. some good stuff there. Well, transitioning into this, mm-hmm. if I told you I was starting a new business you know, in the next couple of months, 
what three tips in general, kind of different than what we've talked about, just basic stuff, mm -hmm. would, mm -hmm. you, would, you, would you give me for startup success? <laughs> Challenging one, because we've touched on, I think, many main key things. So as you just said, I mean, really get a clear understanding of your customer, uh, really figure out very, very specifically what the real problem is and don't be in love with your solution. Don't, don't uh, focus too much on what you have in mind, what you think might be the next big thing potentially, but really validate it. And uh, this takes a lot of empathy. It actually takes really a, a great understanding or faculty of putting yourself into other people's shoes that uh, you have identified as your potential customers. But then again, different from what we've talked about already, I would say um, be open-minded as a very general thing. Don't get you know stuck. Don't overanalyze again, but keep an open mind in terms of what the learnings might be, uh, famously called pivot, uh, could actually lead to uh, you discovering something completely different than what you had in mind, uh, but actually through taking the steps to trying to implement and make your solution happy, uh, make your solution happen, you might find out something completely different. And you might, you might, you know, uh, dig, dig on, dig up some gold or, or hit some, some petrol, uh, by actually just doing, uh, the, the, the customer development phase, this discovery phase. That's actually the great thing about, uh, this, this approach. It's all about learning. So you might get actually very positive surprises. Yeah. I love what you said about, don't be so obsessed with your solution. I mean, uh, there's a company here in the States called Story Brand, and it's all about clarifying your message. And they do a really mm -hmm. good job of saying, you know, don't be the, the hero of your own story, make the customer the hero of your own story. And it really parallels Absolutely. what you said. And Absolutely. something else interesting about the pivoting that I just thought about is you may set out to do X. And when you get there, you may realize the opportunity is small, but you may realize there's an even larger opportunity in a exactly. little bit different direction. Exactly. And man, that's, a, mm. that's how a lot of great companies are born. There's been a lot of examples yeah. of that. And yeah. uh, that's awesome. So I appreciate yeah. it, man. I know I threw a lot at you, but we've what we've done <laughs> is we've created a lot of content for a startup to benefit from. I mean, there's a, there's a lot right. of good tips in this conversation. Um, I'm curious, going back to these corporations that say, hey, mm -hmm. help us with this, do you mm -hmm. find sometimes that although they say they want help being more entrepreneurial and entrepreneurial, that they're kind of still resistant to the changes you guys recommend? Or what do you what do you see there? <laughs> the answer is a, a clear yes, absolutely. And I had this conversation <laughs> this very week with a colleague of mine um, working on innovation projects. And actually, the, the very blunt, obvious thing was in the brief. It said, okay, let's go find some really different business models, something really new, something really innovative. But then the definition of the framework within which uh, this these business models should be able to fit in was, okay, it needs to be close to a brand, it needs to be this and that, basically it needs to be everything that we already do, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's going to be a catch-2020 from the onset. 
kind Absolutely. of. So yes, it's it's really this mindset shift. It's like we implement agile programming. So okay, great. Now everything is is leaner, smoother, faster, etc. No, it, if it it's not lived and if it's not transcending the whole corporate culture, uh, it's going to be isolated. And it's going to be suffocating through you know by by corporate culture basically. What, what, what all the elements may be that make this up: uh, red tape, uh, uh, validation processes, uh, politics, and so on and so forth. And maybe one key thing I just wanted to add: this you, you were mentioning market research. I mean, I'm I'm kind of a market research. Um, I have a market research background. But the key thing, and that's what I love also about lean startup, is be very aware not to do classical market research, but observe. Because then you take out this famous bias of what people say, not really corresponding to what they will ultimately do. And what you do with, with Lean Startup, with customer development, is you observe behavior. You observe people's behavior. It can be a tangible action, actually, a currency, as we call it. Uh, would you be able to, you know, dedicate some of your time to actually have a conversation with us about this? Or would you be able to, you know, wanna, uh, do you want to sign up for this newsletter? Uh, do you want to get informed as soon as we actually launch our first version and want to be a, a, an alpha or a beta tester? That kind of things. Whereas uh, when you do classical market research and you try to identify, for instance, an ideal price point, people might say, oh, yes, absolutely, I would be able to, I would be willing to pay 10 bucks for that. But when you, and that's completely different to you showing them a product and actually making it appear an already final product, and then you see which price point is actually going to work. And you might quite for certain be surprised that people say they will spend X, but if it really comes down to it, they won't. Man, isn't that the truth? I've learned that the hard way once or twice. <laughs> it was confusing. It's like, hey, wait, you told me you would be interested, and now you're acting like you don't know who I am. What's going on here? Exactly. Well, yeah. I find it really interesting. I mean, I was just like like kind of giddy. I was like, I didn't even thought about it, but I was really interested when you basically descri describe that corporations experience the same fear that people do. They, they talk about yeah. something – People mm -hmm. as individuals, I should say, but they talk about something. It sounds great, but when it comes time to okay, let's change. Mm -hmm. They start dragging mm -hmm. their feet, and it's <laughs> uh, you know, I, I just can't imagine if a company, say a company, had a a board of directors of eight people running it. For an example, mm. what you're getting is you're getting an amplification of all of their fear into one, and man, that's going to exactly. slow things down to the point where it's not going to change at all. So exactly. It's this, you know, this this comic that comes to mind that I'm just now seeing is uh, who wants to change? Uh, who wants change? Everybody hands up, and who wants to change? Nobody. So, Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's fear. It comes down to fear. Exactly. Fear of change. Very cool. Well, Oliver, what is next for you personally? I'm kind of intrigued with, with your own <laughs> your own lane. What do you What are you doing next? Kind of between now and the end of the year. Um, well, still really having a great time scaling the online academy. Uh, so the, the, the Migro Club School Venture as a corporate startup. Um, we'll see uh, to which extent this will actually be uh, integrated and, uh, you know, uh, to a larger extent put to service uh, for the whole, uh, say, uh, offline, so to speak, offers that they have. So that's one thing. Uh, also, the Academy for Corporate Entrepreneurship is really doing well, expanding to Asia. Uh, I 
have lived and worked in Asia in the past, so that that's something I'm really interested about. And uh, in the startup sphere, also a lot of exciting things going on. I, I a year ago uh, got really quite deeply into blockchain and uh, cryptocurrencies or crypto assets. So that's that's really exciting. There's a lot of innovations going on on that side, and I might be uh, having an even closer look on that. Even uh, I'd say yeah, during the second half of the year and and the beginning of next year. So a lot of things, a lot of exciting things going on in parallel. And the cool thing is that they all kind of, you know, intersect in some way. And it, it feels like a, a one huge kind of source of inspiration and, and passion. And it's fueling, mutually fueling one the other. Very nice. I mean, it does, definitely sounds like you're not bored. No. <laughs> and it definitely sounds like you're, you're into some very interesting stuff that I don't hear of very often. So that's cool, too. Well, if somebody listening from Inspire Nation, my audience would like to reach out to you and, and just get more from you. What's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Uh, there's a couple of ways. I'm uh, on Twitter. Uh, I have, of course, my LinkedIn profile. Uh, my email is on there as well. So I think uh, through these two and then uh, shooting me an email is always uh, an option. So, yeah, that's probably the easiest way. Awesome. We will make sure to get all of that in the show notes for our listeners. And my Excellent. friend, I appreciate your time today. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Awesome. Take care. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. All righty. We are back. Oliver, my man, thank you, my friend. Good stuff, good stuff. If you guys want to check out the show notes from this episode, as always, go to intentionallyinspirational.com forward slash episode 76. And you will get that there. You will get Oliver's bio, all his good stuff. A little bit of the behind the scenes and all the beautiful things we put in there. Very cool. Uh, if you guys like the podcast, this is uh, I do this once in a while. Share it with somebody. Share it with a friend. Give us a review. People don't like to give reviews, but I, I watched a guy do it the other day in front of me. He said, I want to give you a review. I was like, awesome. So he jumped on his phone. It takes no time at all. It takes almost no effort. We would love to get some reviews. We would love to get some more listeners subscribed. It's good stuff. It's fun stuff. You know, it's free content. I think you guys find it valuable. My guests are awesome, so that makes it valuable. So appreciate you guys listening. Um, we will catch up with you next next week. We've got a couple more weeks of doing this once a week, and then in August we're thinking about going to multiple shows a week. We will talk about that more in the future. Take care. See you. Thanks for listening to Intentionally Inspirational. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to the show on iTunes or check us out on SoundCloud. To check out all of our resources for your startup business success, visit our website at intentionallyinspirational.com. We look forward to seeing you again next week.